This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. This is The Morris Code with your host, Dr. Juanita Morris. Welcome back. Welcome back to The Morris Code, and thank you for listening. If you're just joining us, um, we are still pre-recording and having candid conversations about education in our community. And uh, we took a break last week, and but before that, we had conversations with um, Detrice Webb. Huh. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to make that noise. <laughs> like Every I upset the talent. <laughs> Can't blame the coffee this time. <laughs> I'm not blaming the coffee. I was just trying to oh reposition God. the microphone. I apologize. Is there some WD-40 in this studio? I mean, anywhere? he is repositioned. I told you he's worse than the kids in the studio. Oh. He is putting on hand sanitizer. He is moving the microphone. Like, he has a lot going on. Uh, candy. <laughs> yes, he is. So, okay, I completely digress, but we we have had conversations about education in the school board um, over a four-week period of time, and then we took a hiatus. Um, if you are interested in listening to and learning more about the conversations for those that are running for school board, and I am super glad and happy that our community is not only engaged, engaged enough to have eight candidates for school board, I want us to be sure that we are well aware of who is running or have basic information about the candidates as we as citizens engage in voting. Like none of this will work without the citizens. And so our first candidate that we had a really good conversation with was Detrice Weathers. And then after Detrice Weathers, hun, I think we talked to Jacob Jenkins. Nope, we didn't. Will Wetzel. We talked to Will Wetzel. Mm -hmm. And then after Will Wetzel, we had a conversation with Jacob Jenkins. Right. And then from there, we Hannah Wolf. had a, a great conversation with Hannah Wolf. And so thank each of them for joining. Their podcasts are recorded on nowdecator.com. And today we are joined with Bill Clevenger. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Thanks for coming, man. You're busy. A little bit, but you know, every day Saturday for me when you're retired. <laughs> These retired folks, have you heard what we call what I call my retired people? No, uh, I'm scared to hear. <laughs> Are you? I am. So I am surrounded by what I call teenagers, and they are mature teenagers, but they, it's hard for us to keep up with them. Right. They do what they want to do. They are typically um, running the world. But it 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 is it is a task to keep my teenagers um, where I know what they got going on, where they are, and what's happening in their world. You know, though, for some reason, when I look at the two of you all, <laughs> I think there are some real parameters there yes. <laughs> that they operate their teenager world in. <laughs> it's not an easy task. Like it, th these teenagers are loose these days. And we got two teenagers. So. Scary thought. Yeah. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah. I was running late, so I'm super duper sorry. And then I told Dom the same time. So this has been definitely a day for, for us to connect with your schedule. So I appreciate you. Well, we are being connected. Here. We are. So you are one <clears throat> of the eight candidates for um, Decatur Public School District School Board election in April. I am. But you are also retired. I am. So... 
Yours is a little different and unique in that you were asked to um, consider serving as an interim between, I think, the last school board member, one of the ones who, who left. Dan Oaks uh, retired and yep. moved from our community. Is he and gone? Yeah, yeah, he is. He, he is. is. Uh, moved south. He's, did he sell us out? I, I'm not sure Why? about that, but I know that he's out of the community now. <laughs> That's okay. personal. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's moved, and there was conversation about filling that term. And, you know, at that point in time, I really didn't really consider running. Yeah. Hmm. And after being involved and after getting some, you know, just getting stimulated again. Yep. Getting kind of back into the groove of... You have to be here. You have to be there. You got this. You have to. You have some decisions to make. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, it was maybe I need to do this again. Our the future of our community to me, right now, the future of our community is. I, I you you hate to use those cliches, but it's at stake in our education system. Yeah. It really, really is. So share a little bit about yourself because you were on a board and you reported to a board as an executive director for a good portion of your career. So will you, 40 years. Will you share who you are and what you've been doing before you retired? Sure. Um, I moved to Decatur in 1988. Uh, Candy and I um, moved here and uh, Candy took a job with Heritage Behavioral Health Center. And she retired as the CEO at Heritage uh, last fall okay. in October. Uh, so it, we're actually retired now, and we've survived the first few months together in the house. So <laughs> Isn't it great? Things are, oh, it is. It, yeah. it really is great. Yeah. Uh, we we kind of have a newfound flexibility to do things. But uh, I spent 34 years as a director of the Park District yeah. and uh, had the opportunity to uh, work with some great colleagues mm-hmm. and work with organizational culture and work with creating a place that made an impact in our community. Um, and I, I had the opportunity to work with boards yes. that understood how to be boards. Mm. Okay. And I, I hope we can have a little conversation about governance a little bit later on. Yep. Uh, because I think that's that's one of the one of the key points here for our school district is governance and how governance takes place. But uh, those boards for the 34 years I was there uh, understood that their role was to set policy, sure, uh, to support staff. Um, if there were tough issues, we weighed in on those tough issues. Yep. Um, but it was th- that relationship was always sound mm-hmm. with the boards that I worked for. Uh, and I think that creates a, an environment where th- it permeates the entire organization. When you have a board that understands governance and understands boardsmanship, um, you can see that from the top to the bottom. And your board was elected also, right? It was. For, yeah, the, yeah. They were elected to six-year terms. The six-year, okay. So I had five board members. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I think a lot of folks in government need to understand is I used to have the, the little saying, and one of my board members who, if he listens, will get a chuckle out of this one. I said, you know, what's first rule of government? And he said, well, what's that? And I said, you need to learn to count. Five members, right? Mm -hmm. You need to build coalitions with three. Mm -hmm. In order to be an effective board member, you have to build coalitions. You have to build confidence amongst your fellow board members, and you have to trust Mm -hmm. amongst your fellow board members. 
Uh, and that that comes from walk the walk, talk the talk. Um, it's it's not something that happens overnight. Um, but there's also that relationship then with the chief executive officer. So, and I'd like to spend some time talking about that as well. We absolutely will, and I got two things. So we're going to come back and talk about the in this in this case the superintendent or chief executive officer, as well as this idea of board governance and building coalitions. Um, you are listening to the Morse Code on WSOY 1340 AM 103.3 FM and streaming live on NowDecatur.com. We will be right back with more conversation with Bill Clavenger, who is a candidate for um, Decatur Public School <coughs> District 61 um, board. This is The Morris Code with your host, Dr. Juanita Morris. Hey, welcome back to The Morris Code. I am in the studio with my husband, Dr. JK, and uh, Bill Clevenger, who was also running for school board election for School District 61. And so thank you so much for joining us. Like, we super appreciate it. I appreciate the time. When we um, left off, you were talking about this this idea of um, board and, and board governance. But I want to ask um, a couple of questions. One is, um, and I think you've already kind of introduced it, but the strengths and why as a voter what would you be able to add? If I'm thinking I'm a mom and I have a kindergartner, a first or a second grader, tell me um, what would you add to the board that would definitely be able to help me as one, right? Because I know that it's, it's seven and you can't do it all by yourself. But what, what are the strengths you would bring and add to the board um, for this school district? Uh, well, first and foremost, I think I, I bring 45 years of experience in working directly on the other side of the table from an elected board. Yeah. So I think I have a perspective from both sides now that I've been a school board member for a few months and from my previous life's experience. Uh, but I think really as much as anything else from all those life's experiences, I'd bring a voice of uh, steadiness, uh, a voice of, because I think right now with the school district, we need to steady the ship. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a large, large, large organization. Yep. It has 1,800 employees. It has a $180 million operating budget. And as such, as corporate governance, and I use mm -hmm. because it is the largest, by far, the largest governmental unit in our community, expends 50% of the local tax dollar. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a serious issue, and it's time for serious people to step up and become part of the solution that looks to the next uh, 5, 10, 20 years down the road. You know, I think we need to be looking with a microscope and also with a telescope. Yeah. Um, so I think what, it, what, what I bring is that sense of reliability. Mm -hmm. I think people can look back over a 34-year career. They can Google me. Yeah. They can see what they like, what they don't like. Um, but they can say that the Park District was run pretty effectively for those 34 years. Um, my, the staff that I had the opportunity to work with, which I would like to see the school district enter that same, what should I say, that same air, that sure. same comfort level. Yeah. I think they felt comfortable with coming to work. They felt it was yeah. a good place to work. Um, and you, you build climate and culture. Yeah. And I think that's something we probably should talk a little bit at some point in time in this conversation as well is organizational climate and culture. 
Sounds good. You talked about steadying the the, um, the ship because, and that was one of the questions too, is that it's a big ship, right? It's and a it's the Titanic. It it really really <laughs> well, is. I don't right? want to call it a Titanic. It's not sinking. <laughs> <laughs> no it's a big boat. We can look at that. We'll call it the love boat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a semi versus a sports car. How's that? <laughs> okay, sounds good. But how do we get that baseline right? Like we already know what the article says in terms of, of, of reading and math scores, right? We already know what's published about our community and about our students and about our academic institution. How do we steady how do we steady the ship? Well, let me give you a number first. Yeah. Thirty four years indicator, thirty five indicator now that, that that we've lived here as a family. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I have four sons who are products of MacArthur High School. Uh-huh. Awesome. Uh, so I'm invested. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we've lived in the same house on the west side for those 35 years. Um, so let's get that one out on the table, too, that I'm invested in District 61, or I, yeah. I wouldn't be sitting here if I wasn't invested uh, in District 61. But let me share the number with, with you that will astound you. Mm-hmm. I have worked with either Dr. Clark is either my 16th or 17th school superintendent in those years Mm -hmm. and i believe gloria davis was maybe the longest serving at six or eight years okay so we cannot continue that trend of changing leadership every two or three years and think that uh it's going to work for us because it just simply doesn't work that way you can't create climate and culture of an organization in a one two or three year period it takes continuity. Mm-hmm. It takes leadership from the CEO level. It takes leadership from the board level. Uh, and it takes commitment to a process to, to make that happen. I think once you create that climate and culture, you'll see a different result as our students matriculate through District 61 as well. If the teachers are comfortable and are allowed to do their job. I used to say when I was working, the most important job, uh, three the R's, mm-hmm. right person, right place, right time, get the hell out of the way, mm-hmm. and let them do their job. And I think what you'll see is that that will be reflective of our students if we allow good teachers to do a job, we allow good building administrators to do their job, and we can, it just works its way up. And that example is set of governance by the board. So when we talk about the governance and we're talking about stabilizing the ship, and one of the things you mentioned is, 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 is superintendent and CEO spot. How can or how do you foresee as a board member and even as an interim board member, but as a board member, um, either pr- providing support or putting some, some um, building community around the CEO slash superintendent in order to ensure, because sometimes we leave out of frustration, right? And sometimes we leave positions because it is not working for us or it's the exact opposite. Our board is putting pressure on us to do things that we may or may not be comfortable with. So how, what does that look like uh, as a board member and as an individual and someone who's been in that position? Well, let me back up just a little bit. Too. Yeah, yeah. The, the school board has one employee. Yes, it does. And too often, I think school boards in general, and I'm, I'm not going to point any fingers here at anybody, but too often... We don't understand that relationship, and we don't understand that we have one employee. Yes. And we speak, which we should be speaking, as a unified voice to that one employee that we have. 
it's up to the superintendent slash CEO then to board set policy, staff level people incorporate policy into the organization. They operationalize policy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand that role. Yeah. And as my son said to me one day, he said, you know, Dad, sometimes um, some people are too busy worried about the color of the Band-Aids rather than the wound itself. And I, I, I thought about that a lot, and I, I think that's pretty perceptive because we sometimes we as board members have a tendency to want to get down in the weeds, yeah. and we really need to be focused on the direction of the district, mm -hmm. on policy, on policy making. Mm -hmm. uh, now, are there issues that we're going to have to deal sure. with that are tough issues? Yep. Those Absolutely, there yep. are. But one employee... Yeah. with a unified voice, and the board members, there has to be a degree of mutual respect amongst the board members, and that's not to say there aren't difficult conversations, but the reality of it is you have to have, those things have to work together mm -hmm. in order for an organization to be successful. And to that end, I would hope that we can continue to push toward, uh, toward those outcomes um, so in our last probably 60 seconds for this segment, tell me, share with us even your per perspective um, that for your first or the interim the last few months. How is it? How has it gone or how has it been? I've been I've been surprised. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's we just talked about the the semi versus the Titanic now. <laughs> it's, it's huge. Um, it's uh, an organization that has a lot of statutory requirements. Sure. I mean, an inordinate amount of statutory requirements that are state, federal, and we have to react to those. We have to, in the course of policymaking, you're only as good as the statutes that govern you. Mm -hmm. And to me, first and foremost, you have to be cognizant of the statutes, and I'm not one who's going to step outside the statutes. Yeah. So I, I've spent my career being in the field of play within the statute, and I don't intend to change that any. So uh, I hope that kind yeah, of clarifies that's that That's good. You're listening to B. Morris Code on WSOY 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, and streaming live on NowDecatur.com. We will be right back to talk to Bill Clevenger a little bit more about um, school discipline and academic achievement, and also how can we start to shift the narrative of, um, of our district and our community and our kids. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. This is The Morris Code with your host, Dr. Juanita Morris. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Morris Code. Um, if you have been missing or missed the first portion of the, the segment, we have been having a, an amazing conversation with school board candidate Bill Clevenger. And so thank you for joining us and uh, thank you for engaging and having the conversation. And also thank you for being engaged in the process and running. Like it was, it's something different when we ask of, I call them our mean agers, but our retired community to continue to support uh, our community in being active and showing up, and, and you have made a choice and a decision to do that, so we appreciate it. 
we have a couple of topics that we really want to get to that um, you and I had talked about. And there's a couple. One is academic achievement. The second is school discipline. And the third is to talk about the narrative of um, our, our school district and our school and the programs in our community. Everything that we see, not everything, but a large part of what's pushed out and what we consume um, does not lift up our students or our district or our teachers or our administrators. And so uh, we want to have some time and spend some time talking about just the the amazingness and and also the the path that the board kind of plays into making sure that those programming and different things are brought to our students to 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 shift their experience in education. So let's talk about academic achievement. We've all read the Wall Street Journal article, and most of us have. Um, and so we are curious about your perspective and your take and your expertise on how that translates into the work of a board member. Um, lots of conversation about that article in the business community. Mm. <clears throat> a lot of a lot of conversation. Um, the one thing we have to understand is we have to we have to own that it's a problem. Mm. Yeah. And then we begin to address the problem. And I, I think that if you work backward into that issue, the K through three, K through four issue is absolute should be first and foremost on our mind of how we're going to address that. Um, and I think Dr. Clark right now is spending time with her team, mm -hmm. uh, working on methods to deal with that. I'm one who um, I think sometimes we need to get back to basics. Mm -hmm. Do we need to uh, work with, uh, <laughs> I hate to say flashcards, that might really date me. But do we need to be working with tried and true? There was uh, there was a tremendous reading program in District 61 a number of years ago. Uh, there's uh, just get back to is there extra time on task? Do we structure our day so that it gives the kids more time? Uh, my sister, my mother, my sister, my aunts, everybody were teachers mm -hmm. in our family. Yeah. And one of the things my sister said to me the other day, which really stuck with me was she said you know bill grade you learn you should learn to read and you should learn basic math mm -hmm. from fourth grade on you use those basic skills to learn mm. so what does that uh, anybody out there listening yep. should be able to take that statement and say we're not doing a very good job for our very very young people if we're starting them off unable to meet those basic achievement skills that are going to take them into the next academic world in the next life, so to speak. So uh, from my perspective, we need to get focused on that. Uh, it, it shouldn't be, we should be looking at that with a microscope. That's not a telescope issue. That's a yeah. microscope issue. And we should be making some plans to me for this coming fall. How are we going to address that? How are we going to mm -hmm. step up that? Um, I sometimes think in education, and I was in education, by the way, for five years Yeah. Um, at, a, at a different level, and I, I understand that. Um, but I sometimes think that we are always looking for, uh, I hate to say the flavor of the month, yeah. mm. but we're always looking for this new elixir that's going to magically cure a problem for us because we've become so accustomed as as a society that you take a pill and you're fixed. Mm -hmm. Well, taking a pill is not going to fix this. Yeah. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be, it's a community effort too. Not, this is not just a 
Dr. Clark or a teacher or a building level administrator, that isn't going to fix it either. It's going to be uh, cooperative after school programs. It's going to be programs. I can think of a couple examples. One at uh, per at the Parsons School right now, uh-huh. where the church across the street, First Christian Church, does an after school tutoring program. Mm-hmm. How do we take that kind of an approach district wide? Yeah. Uh, so I think what we're going to have to do is look at partnerships, look at creative partnerships. And I don't I couldn't sit here and give you a list of them. Sure. Right, right. But I spent 40 years doing things like in the parks. We had a great math program in the summer park program. We had a great reading program in the summer park program. Do we begin to look at those kinds of things right. again as part of the solution to this long-term long-term issue? But from an achievement perspective, we have to get our arms around this. Yes. We've, it's past the time of just talking about it. Yeah. It's time to do. So one of the things you mentioned that we wanted to discuss was school discipline and truancy. Tell me more about that. Well, I, let's just take the safety piece. Sure. We took the first step recently when we employed our safety and security yes. administrator mm-hmm. with Val Talley. Yep. And I think he's going to do really nice work for the district. Uh, just very knowledgeable. Uh, skilled individual who I think has that rapport with people. Yeah. And let's face it, our customers, if, if that's what you want to call our students, we need to interact with them, and we need a proactive, positive personality that can create those engagements, and I think he brings that to the table. But that is a small, yeah. small piece of the puzzle. But it's a big first step. So I think if kids come to school, and I'm going to say kids and faculty both. Sure. If they come to school and they feel safe, secure, they can be more creative. They can engage learning in a much better way. Yeah. So I, I think we have to create situations where there are consequences. And the idea of no consequences in Bill's world, um, <laughs> is, is not appropriate. Honey, you mm-hmm. usually have a question. I do, um, and I, I think my question is the same question that I ask of each of the candidates who has been on with us. What is what is the driver? What is what is the driver for you in terms of um, being on the next board to make changes or to do something different uh, where we can see some successes in our school district? You, know, I. For me, it really is, I was home retired for about a year (laughs) and kind of had my, uh, you know, I had my regular golf games. I have my honeydew list. I have all those kinds of things going on and uh, had the opportunity to become involved in the board for a short term. Mm -hmm. And my my feelings for Decatur are really strong. And I, I think the one thing that I do bring to the table is no agenda. Mm. Uh, I, I think I bring experience. I think I bring stability. Um, and I think that as, as I've told a couple groups over the past couple of months, uh, you know, I, I'm the, the person in this race, so to speak, that you can Google me and you can figure out whether you like or don't like or what I did or what I didn't do uh, because I have a track record. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that uh, by and large you're going to find that that track record is – 
stability. Mm-hmm. It's performance. Um, it's a. I, I will tell you that the thing I'm most proud about in my career is the staff that I had the opportunity to work with at the Park District. They are phenomenal, and they've been around. They come, they stay, and that's why you have a nationally recognized park district. And I'm hoping to be able to translate those skills into a place on the Decatur School Board that can help us move that organization in that same direction. Bill, thank you for joining us. If you all are just listening and you want to hear more, please check out uh, nowdecatur.com. Thank you for joining The Morris Code. We are on every Wednesday at 5 p.m. on WSOY 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, and streaming live on nowdecatur.com. Be sure you vote. And don't forget that our mission this year is literacy, and we're supporting the Dolly Parton Imagination Library at the Community Foundation um, of Macon County. So 30 bucks, one student a year. We will see y'all next week. Have a good week. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.